0: And now Ravage Love. Dancing by the Nile, the ladies loved his style. <laughs> Rockin' for a mile, he ate a crocodile. He gave his life for tourism. King Todd it's episode twenty eight, season four of Ravage Love hi everybody hello renee hello hello we have a special guest on the show this week i don't I, we don't even need to banter let's just launch right into it hi alex
1: hi uh is this where you want me to say my thing <laughs> go for
0: it yeah. yeah we don't edit we don't edit any of this no so. it's
1: not worth editing i <laughs> hi i'm alex Falcone. i'm a comedian and a writer and a minor tiktok celebrity
2: Amazing, and you are coming to us from LA, correct? That's right. Amazing, from, uh,
1: just a little south of you.
2: Amazing. <laughs> um, we were just talking before we started recording about the difficulty of bringing U.S. comics into Canada because we are all about building homegrown talent and then shipping them to the U.S. and we don't <laughs> do the inverse. Apparently,
1: <laughs> yeah. Less um, common. I have not, so I've not been up to either of your cities yet, but I would oh. like to.
2: We will have to change that. Um, But the reason why we invited you to come hang out with us today, and we're so grateful that you carved out some time to chat with us, is because here on the show, in the month of October, we read Halloween romance slash erotica. And we try to find things that are earnest, but generally we find things that are so bad that I feel terrible because I have to rip into it. Or we find the best zaniest shit we can find. And alas, you created, you co-created an incredible, an incredible book. Would you like yeah, to tell us? Yeah, in terms us? of
1: spoopy, erotic uh, romance. Actually, it's not erotic at all. It's very tame. But spoopy, spoopy romance is the genre that uh, my my one and only novel lives in with my co-author, uh, who is not joining us today, Ezra. Um, but yeah, we, we wrote a, a mummy romance novel, the best-selling mummy romance novel, uh, I think, probably? I haven't looked.
2: We'd realize actually that this is our fourth season, and we've never read a mummy book during or October.
1: There are so. there are not that many. You know, there is like and and there are I mean there's obviously there's the one that everybody thinks of, right? When you when you think of a mummy romance novel before this, what would you think of?
2: Oh my the mummy is all I think of. I just well, I, the I, Brendan I,
1: Fraser I, Mummy. Yeah, also yes. good. But yeah. you, you probably think of Anne Rice, right? the mummy Ramses the damned right that's the big fan that's the but she cheats he's not actually a mummy at all that she he's never a mummy he is an immortal person who like wraps himself up to hide and take a nap and then is just fine but he's just an immortal unrelated to mummies he's not preserved he's just an egyptian guy who lives forever and that is cheating it is not (laughs) fair
2: i agree we have Talked at length on the show about how Renee grew up just mainlining Anne Rice, and I never read any of it. So um we had to read. The, we read the Sleeping Beauty um quartet on the show, and it was hot garbage. But oh, I don't um, care
1: for that one. That ooh. one is real. They're like they ride each other like horses at so one point, much, right?
2: So much pony play, Alex. Ah, it's so I did much not pony like play. That
1: one I did no. read. That don't care for it.
2: it. Was not good. But Renee, did you read this Mummy Anne Rice situation?
0: I sure did, Julie. Oh, okay, um, okay. And you know what? I wouldn't have I wouldn't have lumped that into like the romance genre the way that um the sleeping beauty books are because they're kind of like specifically um meant to be uncomfortable spicy books, but I didn't find that um the mummy one was particularly spicy. It's not that spicy. No, it's not. I read it as a teenager, and I feel like I was like, no vampires. <laughs> honest, you know?
1: Well, this is, so this is how I ended up here. Right, because vampires as a monster are designed to be kind of hot, right? They're this is like the way that you they harm you is through necking. Like you're making out the whole time. <laughs> it's like it's beautiful it's, it's built-in hotness. And the thing about mummies as a challenge for a romance novel is you got nothing. There's <laughs> yeah. it's, they're not doing you any favors. You have to do all of the lifting yourself. There's no hotness at all.
2: Yeah. Because I, so recently, Renee called me out for the fact that I had never seen any of the Twilight movies, and oh, she true. sends me Twilight memes all the time, and I never understand them. So we crushed all five of the movies on a Saturday. <laughs> um, it was 10 straight hours just mainlining. Ugh. Yeah, Sparkly Vampire. And all I think about when I watch vampire stuff, whether it's that or Interview with the Vampire, is I just think about that Key and Peel sketch where they're do you remember that keen Peels sketch where they're vampires and um King michael key gets like undead basically and shows up and he's like why are we why do you have to wear leather what's with the panting can we fucking take a beat why is everyone like horny all the time and i'm like yes i don't understand why people are why vampires are horny And why we have just decided that they are super hot. It's so much heavy breathing in every single... It's very
1: strange. And then Twilight was like, what if we nerfed that? So instead (laughs) of it being... Everyone's like horny, but keeping it inside. Everyone's keeping it PG horny, which is also just like infuriating.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And then the weird allegory at the end about like anti-choicers, like that whole... Mm -hmm situation was not okay so
1: it's it's very upsetting and then also just like from a monster standpoint she took away all of the weaknesses so she was just like oh i love i love vampires but my problem is they're too balanced as a character (laughs) so now they're not afraid of anything and then like there's so many things about that book that are really upsetting to me from like a relationship standpoint like uh, the fact that he is 100 years older than her for real, like his yes. body is 17, but his mind is like 120, which is the creepiest relationship in the world. And the idea that they have to go hang out in a high school in their hundreds yes. to spend the day around high school kids is like, because why? Because it'll be like the townspeople won't think we're weird. And then the townspeople just think they're weird. Like it's <laughs> they're it's super creepy. And then she is literally his food source, right? People are what they eat. And yeah. and like, if you're like, man, this is a beautiful romance. This is a beautiful story. It's forbidden love. My friend just brought home a pig and he's like, no, but I'm really in love with this pig. And you're like, no, you eat pigs. That's a, <laughs> that's a, it's a meat source. You're like, no, 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 no. But this is beautiful. I can't read its mind. So we're in love. You'd be like, I don't, it's not cute. It's not no. cute. Edward. <laughs>
2: It's not cute. And uh, I watch you sleep because I find it fascinating. Oh. Nope. Um, I'm somehow playing baseball in a field that never blinking like it's it's very There's upsetting.
1: Nothing, no, I don't like it. I don't care for it. Well, and so and so to 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 bring this all around, the, the reason why I have a mummy romance novel is because I read all of the Twilight books for for work uh, years and years ago. And uh, for a, for a podcast that I do, which I, won't, I don't want to compete with you, but I used to have a no, book podcast,
2: absolutely, and yeah, now
1: it's a movie podcast. It's called Read it and Weep, and it used to be because it was about books, and we read a lot of romance on there. And so the idea of unwrap my heart was parodying Twilight essentially, but also trying to like fix some of those things that drove me crazy. So like, it's very important to me that our mummy is not three thousand years old. He was a seventeen year old who like hit his head and then woke up as a mummy the age of 17 3000 years later but his brain is the same age as her brain like that is crucial to me <laughs> otherwise it's creepy
2: yes mm. agreed and this is truly what i loved about your book is it's very funny and it's very clearly poking at all of these tropes but also it was never upsetting it was never upsetting i was never because either some like even some of the like just sometimes it's just real gross and like we've read stuff where people are getting like finger banged by skeletons and shit that like just (laughs) emerge out of the ground and i'm like that's unhygienic it's gross for me no wash your hands sir um yeah so yeah truly loved how it was as the youths would say unproblematic
1: Yeah, we definitely were. Well, we did. We were also, because it was a parody of Twilight, we're keeping it pretty PG. But even still, it was like, we're going to do the unproblematic version of all of these things. (laughs) Um, And I could just, just, you know, I could do it. That's the key here. It's not that I, I I feel like in Twilight, she did not know how to write. I could write this dirty. I've tried. I've messed around. We did a little bit of an exercise where we did a, uh, a, just a bit of an erotic fan fiction of our own work. We know how to do it. We chose not to. That's the important thing here. It's too gross.
2: <laughs> I respect that greatly. But on the process of writing, mm-hmm. something... Because you wrote it with, with a friend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few times on the show where we've read books that were co-written. And I've always been curious about the process of co-writing fiction. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, what does that look like? How did you co-write this book?
1: Um Well, so the main reason why we're talking to me and not me and Ezra is that Ezra lets me do all of the uh, PR for the book because he halfway through writing it had his first child and disappeared for like a year, which is very reasonable. But uh, so it was not like a 50-50 project towards the end. So Ezra and I like wrote the outline together and then we wrote a very quick rough first draft like in a month and then he disappeared and I rewrote the whole thing. So um, that was that was mostly our process. But our um I, we did a version of this process that we read about in a book called uh writing movies for fun and profit and then uh fun yeah. is crossed out um uh which i don't know if you guys is a book about screenwriting but they're two famous screenwriters who write a lot of movies together they did like night at the museum and stuff and they had a similar they had a process that they worked out for right where they like do the outline together and then one person writes a scene and the next person edits that and then writes the next scene and then you come in you edit the scene write the next scene and they have, like, all these rules that's, like, if someone takes out a joke and you put it back in and they take it out a second time, you can never put it back in again. It's been vetoed twice. Like, they have all these rules for it. And so we just followed their general idea with, like, chapters and sections where, like, one of us would write it the one would, like, go over it and change some things and then write a next section and just back and forth like that.
0: Amazing. Would you say that your contribution was the... Freddie Mercury portion or the David <laughs> Bowie version. Um, I,
1: I do. I mean, look, I, that even sound in in hindsight, I don't like the way I, I sounded very, uh, a little, I didn't want to be piggy about my, um, <laughs> about my credit taking, but I do, I do feel like it would have been harder. Had we done the later stages of editing together? I think it is easier to sort of just like have one person get to make all those decisions and then send it out. So that's why I was for clarity. I think telling you that. And also for uh, bragging purposes. <laughs>
0: Also, shout out to Ezra. Sorry you're not here. Thank you for your contribution.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To
0: humanity as well as this excellent To everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. His his son turned out great, so it was worth it all.
0: Amazing. Until until he goes goblin mode. But that's neither here nor there.
1: Not yet.
2: (laughs) I also
0: need you to know that
2: since I've read your book – I have had Tony Braxton's um, "Unbreak My Heart" in my head yes. because for some reason that is the tone in which I read the title of your book.
1: <laughs> no, it, this that was not on purpose, but has happened to me as well. It's definitely how you have to sing the title. I'm like of it.
2: unwrap my heart, and I love that the subtitle is "Or It's Time for
1: Movies." Well, like, so <laughs> the, the the subtitle comes from this, so the side. The, so the the full origin story. So we had this podcast. We were reading all these romance novels, and we had this running joke on the show where there's like a million as you guys know, paranormal youth mm. romance that was like just taking the money left on the table by twilight. So they came in and they were like, they're angels, but she doesn't know he's an angel because uh, he's so hot. And then there's like, oh, he's a demon. She doesn't know he's a demon. And like, oh, he's he's uh, one of the fae and he has a flower growing out of his back and she doesn't notice because he's so hot. And we were just like, they're going to run out of monsters to use. They're going to, it's going to be time for mummies because there's nothing left because it's the worst possible monster to put in one of these books. And then at some point they hadn't done it. And so we decided it was our turn. It was our turn to make it time for mummies.
2: Amazing. Because that's it's what it really in. was
1: time. It was time.
2: It, it, it was time. And I did absolutely adore the way in which you were the like excuse that people had for his very odd appearance Mm -hmm. and smell was was what alex what what did people think he really (laughs) just
1: assumed he was a hipster (laughs) this is like a small town thing i think where just like if somebody's weird enough everyone's like oh maybe that's cool somewhere
2: yeah. What, and both Renee and I are from small town Ontario, and we absolutely concur mm. that it's just like, oh, they're avant garde. Yeah, yeah. Edgy. He came back from the
1: city and now he wears robes. You know, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just wearing a bandage. They come back with an accent. Yeah, I'll come back yeah. with an accent or um, yeah, the other. Barcelona or whatever.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went went to study abroad in, in the UK and now they say cheers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Um, so. <laughs> i there i mean i truly laughed so hard so many times in this book um
1: i don't want to put you on the spot right now renee but it feels like julie's doing the heavy lifting on the compliments (laughs) here do you have anything nice to say to me
0: yeah i mean i laughed a lot too
1: (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like you didn't read it Renee. just to be clear that's what it sounds like
0: um it really it really cheered me up to read about the sacred bird at the end of your book (sighs) i laughed a lot at that. It just was like the perfect addition. I felt like it was just like this running joke and I live for a running joke. I love a running Um, joke.
1: I also, this is one of my favorite like jokes to versions of a jokes right, which is where just like everyone agrees on something for no reason, so just like everyone in this town is really into birds, and they just like, oh yeah, we also go to that bird club, and then they just do it, and we just everyone agrees birds we all love birds, and there's no explanation for it, and you can just write a town where everyone attends a very good bird lecture every week' it was a fun structure,
0: yeah, I, I did really love that,
2: I also <laughs> was a fan of like. Oh, I am super, I don't know if it was like, I'm tired or I'm not. Yeah, I I didn't write my essay because I was up all night with my like favorite hobby of genealogy (laughs) and just like, you know, I get real lost in some ancestry.com. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) which frankly, I mean, you wrote this pre-pandemic, but like everyone in the pandemic, I feel like there was a part between the like starter bread, like when we were all making Mm -hmm. um, sourdough, there was also a period where multiple people i know were digging into their genealogy Interesting. um yeah multiple people including one friend who like ran out of people to like deep dive on so she was like can I look up your family and I was like
1: sure it's definitely not a, a normal high schooler uh thing no. but I, def- I knew a kid in high school who was into genealogy is why I was thinking of that and it was at the t- which none of us cared it was too weird we were barely familiar with our parents and interested in them so the idea of going back multiple generations seemed wild but yeah he was just like he just like we did a draw family tree exercise or whatever and it just clicked with him in a way that it didn't for anybody else. And for years that was like just his weird side project was he's always drawn and doing research as much as you could on ancestry.com. It's just weird kid thing.
0: I, yeah, I kind of went on that deep dive too, because um, there was tale in my family that we were, you know, related to um, like indigenous folk in Ontario and, my cousin was like, yes, I hope I'm indigenous so I can adopt an indigenous child, which is like Mm-mm, in Canada. We don't we don't do that. Everything about this
1: sounds weird.
0: It's really awful. So I, I did the deep dive um, and there was no record. So I was like, yes, I'm saving <laughs> an indigenous child from my born again Christian. It was it, honestly it was vigilante. It's extremely name.
1: cringy to be like, I'm hoping that I get permission from this website so I can take this kid.
2: Yeah, Right?
1: Not a fan.
2: Yeah, not a fan. Also, anytime
1: somebody is like, I think we have indigenous ancestors, it's like, that's either a lie or a really sad story, if you go far enough back. Like, that's never, it's never a great story how that happened.
2: No, and it's certainly, I mean, uh, from like an interesting standpoint it is interesting that it's sort of exploded what our concept of identity is and like people who are like oh i'm one eight something so now i identify as whatever which i always find really odd but also interesting because like who gets to decide what your identity is yeah. um but it is really gross the amount of people and i don't know if it's as as bad in the US, but here in Canada, the amount of people that do like 23 me and stuff just to find out if they're indigenous so that they can like claim that banner. It's I, mean, I
1: certainly I've not heard a lot of that. Mostly what I hear is people who are like extremely white and are like, I did the research and I didn't realize we went through Paris briefly. <laughs> Crazy. They You're were like, on that s- side of the continent also. <laughs>
0: so wild. Yeah. In Alberta, most people um are Ukrainian, like they're of U- Ukrainian oh. descent. And so um they, that's their reason for being assholes. They're like, What do you want? I'm Ukrainian. And I'm like, Okay, <laughs> sorry about your country right now, but that is, you know, and it's <laughs> also strange.
1: Yeah. My mom is is Dutch and she has always said, like, oh, we are very rude. That's why. It's cause we're Dutch. <laughs> and I <laughs> I do feel like at some mm-hmm. point, you know, you've been here your whole life, you could just <laughs> stop being rude. But then we went to Holland together and everybody was very rude. It was great. It was really <laughs> nice. It was like, oh, this is, you didn't make this up. This is, a, everyone's doing this here. I mean, not actually Vindicated. rude. It was like, it's a very specific kind of like, no, I'm not interested <laughs> in this thing you're talking about and I cannot lie to you about that. But it did, it was like, okay, I see it. You're right.
2: Okay, that's interesting. I have not heard that about the Dutch to be honest. There's I... a
1: character in the new the last season of Ted Lasso. There's a a, a Dutch soccer player and he is also r- very blunt and yes. rude and it's it's I'd never yeah. heard it besides my mom and her family and then to see it like in person and then also to see it on this TV show it's like I, this I guess I guess they have done a good enough job of PR of saying like <laughs> you can't be mad at us we're Dutch.
2: That's fair. That's so interesting. Yeah, I did not um I did not but know w- that.
1: Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be wonderful to have an excuse for any time you're rude about something? <laughs> oh, 100%. It's oh, biological. It's not.
0: Just dig deep. Really. You're like, it's my culture. Yes. You I love that it. it's, like, it's like, let's blame the country of origin instead of the fact that we're just white. Like,
1: Well, and my mom has been here since she was three months old, so I feel like you've had a lot of examples of people not talking that way.
2: Um, <laughs> whole <laughs> lifetime, in fact.
1: Yeah, you got a lifetime of it, but... Yeah, they, you know, little tiny pancakes and, and being underwater and being a little bit rude. That That's what they've got.
2: <laughs> Honestly, And the fact that they have, like, three names for what they are, depending on who you're talking to. Like, isn't uh, you, that...
1: You mean they would prefer to be called the Netherlands and it's just harder to say?
2: Yeah, and it's like, is the Netherlands and then they're Dutch and then isn't there another...
1: Well, thing. people say Holland, which is technically Holland. the state. And then yes. everyone's like, Well, it's like that's like if you said I'm American, we just call it from Texas. And like, mm-hmm. well, okay, except that um North and South Holland is like ninety-five percent of the population. So you probably are also from so if you're in Amsterdam, you were in Holland as well. So like you could say, <laughs> I was in Dallas, I was in Texas, and no one would be like, Well, that's generalizing. Anyway, th- there's mm-hmm. a lot to argue about, and it does seem like there is no good reason for it. You can just Everybody could just chill, but nope, it's too rude. You can't chill.
2: <laughs> they don't believe in chill. They believe in baked goods, cheese, and not Oh, the chilling. cheese is
1: so good. Yeah, anyway, so this is a separate... We don't have to go all the way down this, but man, cheese is very good there.
2: And genealogy is the hobbit of um, yes. a small town girl with her boyfriend that is so
1: hot as a mummy i I mean look if we're let's be honest here this is not the greatest work of fiction ever and one of the things that we did is we wrote both of these children pretty much as just weird adults um that's mostly what's happening um so she definitely has like weird adult hobbies and talks like a weird adult because i am not a 16 year old girl which is why i did not do the audiobook myself because it was too weird (laughs) to read a book in the first person as a teenage girl and so mostly we were just like let's not even try let's just make her a 40 year old guy
2: and yet still not creepy so congratulations <laughs> honestly well, creepy.
1: What, well yeah i mean if she's a 40 year old guy it's creepy that she's with this 18 year old mummy man but yeah yeah it, so, it's nice that you said it wasn't disgusting because there's also like he is a rotting corpse so like even though they're not involved too physically he is still you know he's got no eyes you know that's gross
0: Well, I mean, you, you made a point throughout to mention what he smells like. Mm -hmm. And as avid romance readers, we're constantly reading, you know, historical romance and kind of, you know, it it stunts our enjoyment of the book because we're like, oh man, I bet it reeked. (laughs) I bet it just reeked. Like how, how bad do you think the UTIs were? For sure.
1: The past smells, whatever time period you're guessing, (laughs) smelled. Yeah. Yeah. They were throwing your yeah, waste so, into the street. You're right; it's 100%. gross.
0: Hundred percent. So I feel like the fact that you made a point to be like, "He smells okay." <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, he smells good. Okay. Yeah,
1: he's, there was some <laughs> nice sweet oils probably when it was ori- original, but it's been three thousand years.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like it was like, I know you had a Tony Braxton in your head, but I had some like desert rose by sting. Oh, sure. Oh. When I was reading his description, I was like, okay, all right. Desert after the rain. Good
1: yeah. Day.
0: So that didn't, it didn't sound like he smelt like a corpse. Um, <laughs> well, he. Rather, I mean, I said rotting. He's
1: mostly preserved. That's sort of the whole thing. Um, yeah. This, I mean, this is what's so funny. Like, so, so not only are mummies like not hot the way vampires are, but they also have no powers like yeah. v- like like vampires can sometimes turn into bats and fly away they're they're frequently very strong in twilight they're like real hot uh, they can like dazzle you with their hotness for some reason um but mummies there's just nothing like the in the original <laughs> boris karloff mummy movie like the first person he kills is by going boo and then the person's <laughs> like ah and then dies and that's it like he's there's no powers they're 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 slow they like shuffle along you know they they <laughs> They look really weird in the original. So, you everybody thinks of like Brendan Fraser when they think of mummy movies, but the original Boris Karloff mummy is so hilarious and so clear that they're trying to shoehorn the <laughs> recent events of King Tut's tomb into a horror movie, even though there's no real like it's not horror, it's just oogie. That in that movie, what happens is. The mummy is brought up. He's brought to life on accident. He scares a guy to death, and then he puts on a hat and gets a job and works that job for 20 <laughs> years, and no one notices he's dead. That's the actual plot <laughs> of the original The Mummy, is he just passes and works in an office. He just has a job for two decades until he works <laughs> his way up in the field of of, uh, 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 of Egyptology. He works his way up to the point where he is renowned enough that he can get fundraising to go dig up his dead girlfriend that is his whole plan but it's 20 years of just wearing a hat and a trench coat and no one notices he's a corpse it's wild how unpowerful they are and, and i just love it it just makes it so much fun to write a character who's like that incredibly useless where it's like oh i keep you keep falling behind every time we walk you're six steps behind because you just shamble that's your main thing and then the Brendan Fraser movies—they got crazy with it. Where like they're just jumping through puddles and doing backflips and have ninja moves, and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, they had to make up those things because mummies don't actually. The main thing about mummies, in fact, is you can't get them wet, right? And then they just like threw Brendan Fraser just threw mummies in the water, and they were like, "I'm fine, splash, splash, splash." And it doesn't make any sense. But the ori- <laughs> if you—if you look at the heart of this, they are like the weakest monster to ever live, and there's no reason to be afraid. Just a little grossed out.
2: I am obsessed with this idea of like a weekend at Bernie's mummy edition <laughs> situation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it is really funny, and and it the movie's actually like a good reminder of just like how if you have a bad hat no one will see anything else about you it's really about like how powerful a fedora is is that people will overlook everything else because like ah, that's a weird choice man and then they'll just keep going and they will not look at your moldy eye sockets
2: you're like are those Jenko jeans yeah, <laughs> Anyways, exactly. if just you just dress working. bad enough people will not be
1: worried about your mumminess
2: or they will do like in your book and legit be like oh it's just a hipster like the amount of times i walk downtown i'm like street involved or hipster and it's oftentimes mm-hmm. a crapshoot either way so yeah,
1: yeah. yeah you could just there's sort a lot of stuff lean that could into be a it. choice or could not be a choice that's great <laughs> yeah. that's part of the fun of hipsters i think is actually like is you never quite sure D yeah. are you in on this joke i don't know if you are
2: yeah and then you're like mm, that's patchouli never mind um yeah. <laughs> decision made so typically on mm-hmm. the show yeah. we read an excerpt from yes. our books and I, I'm, I'm wondering prepared. if you would like to read us uh, a particular favorite passage perhaps
1: yeah do you want um funny or sentimental
2: ooh, ooh. it's up to you or a little
1: of both okay well yeah
2: let's so, do a little both
1: okay well so I'll, i have i have a couple things i'm deciding between okay so let me start with that so one of the things i mentioned that we we're sort of fixing some stuff like one of there's like a bunch of stuff that's like annoyed me in these books that happens every time there's like there's a staple of the paranormal romance genre and one of them is the what else is real conversation so like every book has to have a part where she's (laughs) like okay so you're a vampire are there werewolves are there chupacabras is there are there ogres do giants exist like they have to cover and they have to like draw the boundaries of their magic right so like i um there's like a conversation i I printed out some other ones i had them with
2: favorite part of the book oh good That's oh good literally okay, great. my favorite part
1: so i have a couple of I, I, first these are from just quick from other books so this is from nice girls don't have fangs there's this. she's like okay lightning round real or fake werewolves real demons real Witches, real some not real like they just every time okay and then there's one in, in city of bones where she's like okay uh you're a demon does it stop there where are there werewolves and zombies Of course there are, Jason informed her, although mostly zombies only live in the South. Anyway, and then he's like, don't be ridiculous. No one believes in mummies. Like, it just keeps happening. Every book has to have this list. So we decided we're not going to mess around. There's nothing else. That's all there is. There's just mummies. We're not going to waste our time with this. But of course, you know, the character doesn't know that, right? So she's like, here we are. Where did I put this? There we go. Okay. So, And this is actually, this follows on another part of the genre, which is the, like, he tells her what he is. And then she doesn't believe him. And then th- the conversation is always either too long or too short for me. Where it's always like, "I'm a monster," and she's like, "Cool." Or he's like, "I'm this, uh, I'm this crazy undead demon thing," and she's like, "No, that doesn't. Those aren't real. Those are just in movies." And then they argue about it for an hour. Like, I saw the cover. I know what he is. Like, you don't have to waste <laughs> this time. Okay. Anyway, so so we finish that. He's convinced her that he's a mummy. I'm a mummy, but mummies are dead, and you're walking around kissing people. In many cases, they are dead, but a lot of us are cursed to walk the earth. And I've only kissed the one person. Oh, you mean like vampires? No, vampires aren't real. But if you're real, there must be loads of other magical creatures too. Like werewolves? Nope, just mummies. Wait, did you say you've only kissed me? That's weird. How about witches? Are witches real? Pretty much just mummies. And yes, just you. All right, Mr. Smarty Pants, then who made the mummies? Fine, he said, sighing. There are some magical priests, stuff like that, but it's really just mummies and other creatures that are directly related to making mummies possible. So there are wizards. No, just mummies and priests. What about... He cut me off. Sophia, it's just mummies and maybe a Sasquatch. We're not sure. So that's the that's the argument. It's just mummies and maybe one Sasquatch. And then we had this idea that we would write a sequel called And Maybe Sasquatch that was just about how there is a Sasquatch that they have to find... <laughs> It's like just it breaks up the the one gag so hard if we're like okay, but there are also these other monsters and we'll introduce one each book. So
2: I lo- I laughed so hard at that part because Renee and I have spent four seasons yes reading so many paranormal romance and yet yeah, it ends up being this like and then the choices they make about who does exist you're like curious it's so
1: arbitrary and weird <laughs> yeah like yeah. yeah we 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 just want to do well it, it's also like they're like all right look we're gonna add werewolves there are werewolves the werewolves are also native peoples that's a weird we have a whole thing about that Mm -hmm. and then we're like okay but then there are or are not witches okay well witches have their own set of weird baggage and historical issues you're like okay and then are there uh, jackalopes right it's just like you have to there's just an (laughs) infinite number of weird monsters so you just either you you end up adding them one at a time whenever they're convenient or you have to stop it you cut it off at the pass
0: (laughs) I will say that you know they don't I appreciate that most authors don't mix cryptids and like paranormal together so you're not going to find like a witch and a mothman. Mm,
1: yeah. I don't know if I appreciate that. I would pre- maybe I would prefer that.
0: I feel like more cryptids is always good.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think I guess I was including cryptids here. I'm a big fan of cryptids. I I have not thought about a romance of the mothman, but that's got to be up there. Oh, well, this is one of our problems, there. right? Is that like we started with mummies, which are the weirdest ones. So where do you go from there? What's the other <laughs> monster that you include that's funnier than mummies? I haven't thought about Mothman.
0: There's lots of Mothman.
1: Interesting. Um, are there romance with Mothman? Oh, yes. Oh, gross. Yes.
0: Big fan. <laughs> big fan. Um, big fan. You know, there are people doing the work. Yes, yeah. That's what I got to say. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I did just listen to a, a podcast about the uh, history of jackalopes. And I was thinking maybe it's time for a jackalope romance.
0: Ooh. The jackalope shifter.
1: What? What? Jack? What?
0: Well, a shifter is like a person who shifts into an animal. Oh, oh, okay, it's I see. A So big, you're big, big, big trope. I so you see. could have right. So they're
1: not permanently jackalope. No, I see. That's it's
0: interesting. It's just what they shift into. Yeah.
1: I, well, the I mean, the jackalope story is so funny because it was like intentionally uh like cowboys making stuff up to uh, like ruin city people so like the thing about jackalopes is that they like the only way you can catch one is you leave whiskey out and then because they love whiskey but then they drink and they become overconfident and then they stay out and they open too long so you can catch them like that's the story that's the origin story of how you catch one is you let them become drunkenly confident it's very funny it's already very good (laughs)
2: Oh my God, this is rich, rich material.
1: I know, i got to figure out how to make that sexy. But yeah, I, I definitely think we should, cr- yeah, I bring in cryptids is my argument, in counter to what you were saying, is we need more cryptids in this world and not fewer in the romance I world. I would
0: agree. We actually don't need them in the romance world because they are thriving. Well, so, okay, um, so have you read, I'm not, fan.
1: I'm sure this exists, but I have not read a Creature from the Black Lagoon romance.
0: There are many like swamp things.
1: Swamp romances. thing romance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Where they're like laying eggs in
2: human women. We stuff like absolutely read what was it? Taken by the Lake Monster? I read that. Taken in
1: two by weeks. the Lake Monster is a hot <laughs> title. I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's got some real shape of water energy to it. Um, mm.
1: but yeah. But well, she turned nodding. out being a fish. So it was okay that they were making out
2: yeah Uh, this was no this fish like knotted inside of her and laid eggs and it was uh, i found it very distressing but i'm I'm also the like very romantic (laughs) renee is the what is the darkest weirdest most disturbing thing we can read and i'm like the like the pumpkin spice latte cafe is like (laughs) what i read for the month of october so it's a good it's a good juxtaposition but
1: this uh um, found by the lake monster has a lot of positive (laughs) reviews so
2: it was shockingly good. Yeah. like I was very much not into the spicy parts, but the storyline was really good. It was very well written. Um, <laughs> I was very impressed. And she has a whole series of them, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, there was like, because mm. you, I read Deceived by the Gargoyles, and it was pretty spicy. <laughs> Had big like, that, like Disney like, gargoyles energy. I would so. like to talk
1: to like monster author lady and see like how like how much is this a joke and or just like a hard writing challenge versus like she thinks these are hot creatures to include
2: yeah i find that's oftentimes the question that renee and i end up asking every october is we'll read a book and then be like okay was this earnest or for lulls and sometimes really can't tell but sometimes it is genuinely like you deep dive and this person is like very into uh monster romance and the idea of being of like banging a giant and
0: stuff and you're like okay right. all right you do you i mean it's fiction one of the but. one of the things we do on the show every week is we suggest um like a sex toy or other accoutrement mm. to use in you know in a you know adjacent to this story and um it's really easy to find i can see why you
1: didn't put me on this part before <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. I mean, you don't, you don't, there was no sex in your book. That's true. So this was, was very,
1: you, it was very tame. If we had gone your a, taste. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, if I were going to pair an accoutrement, I would just say hugs and kisses. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and good communication and therapy. Those are our, yeah. Those are our toys of choice. I, I've never can. Googled this, but I'm guessing. We, we, okay. Now I have. Okay. I've just Googled it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it turns out the problem with mummy sex toy as a safe search off product is that, um, is the british they're ruining this oh it's, gross Mummy. Mom
0: yeah i
1: don't care for that <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: that's a cancel from me yeah i don't yeah. know how you do i
1: guess zombie is what you're looking for yeah. this is very difficult. anyway i'm ruining my search history i don't know if you how you, <laughs> you guys do this but whenever i whenever i search for something like this i say like zombie sex toy I'm searching for this as a joke just so that the person going through this later in the <laughs> trial can see why I did that.
0: I go into incognito mode a lot. Um, that's, how, that's how I do it.
1: All right. Well, definitely I just you could
0: straight up look on Etsy and I'm like, what you got? E- Etsy, and it's yeah, like, it prob- Oh, do you want a tentacle? It's on sale. I'm like, yes,
1: probably Etsy is where to start. Okay. Well, definitely zombie things exist. Although this looks more like colors that are anyway, I don't have to describe this to you. Um, <laughs> anyway, what were you gonna suggest? You just suggested hugs and kisses. Okay, there's not. There's not I would a- feel
2: like wouldn't like bondage tape be a good because it's a mummy, right? And keep them together, keep them yeah, intact.
1: So, I, so I, 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 I mentioned that I could be gross about this, and I did <laughs> think about this. I wrote a um, my my manager suggested I write a spec script of something using mummies to try to use as like a job application to TV writing gigs. And so I wrote an episode of Sex and the City where Carrie dates a mummy, and it's uh, and then I like submitted that to him. My manager was like, well, "It has to be way grosser, you know. This is an HBO rated M, you know, show. Go all of the way with it." And so I have thought a lot about it. And so I do think, yeah, I do think like um, gauze bandage, um, uh, you know, tying up would be related. That would be a reasonable toy if you're going to take this. Um, if I were to write that book, it would be called Hardcore Bandage, obviously. But the <laughs> I think you could you you get that way with a just a little bit of just like yeah of of gauze as as a tie sounds safe.
2: I yeah, I, and sanitary. I I like just, it. Yeah, it's very hygienic. Yeah, if you use an ace
1: bandage, you don't pull it off <laughs> of a mummy. Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> so, did you say you had also pulled out a sweet and earnest? Part I did of have your a book? sweet
1: passage. That I, so yeah. the one thing. I mentioned that we were like trying to fix some things. The other, the the one thing that we loved about twilight is we liked her dad a lot. Um, I don't Mm. know if you thought much about Charlie and his big old mustache and, you know, I mean, he's a cop, which is goes against him, but he does. Um, he is very sweet in that story. And he's like one of the only parts that seemed like an actual, like human wrote this about a human they knew. So we made sure that our dad was also very sweet. Um, and so, um, I was just thinking about uh, my description of her father in this book, which I, I still enjoy when I was rereading it just now, um, which sounds gross. This has been several years since I wrote this, so I forgot about this passage. But um, So can I read read to you about her dad?
2: Yeah. yeah, please do.
1: My dad was tall with strong arms from pointing at maps that don't exist. Oh, yeah, sorry. He's a, a meteorologist. What? Um my dad was tall and strong and tall with strong arms from pointing at maps that don't exist and a contagious smile protected from the elements by a thick umbrella of mustache that he'd been cultivating since college, now flecked with gray. His curly black hair was cut short and receding just a bit, but also and also slightly graying at the sideburns. But because of the smile, the changes changes in his hair never seemed to bother him. He just looked more confident as it grew. He was all like he was always supposed to be 50 and he was just now getting around to it. Also worth mentioning about him, he had taken nearly flawless care of me since my mom left. And after he watched an episode of Nightline about salmonella like 10 years ago, he was strongly against undercooking food or cooking it the normal amount. So he's got like protective dad things about him and he's always burning their food, which is a great running joke. Although if you eat burned food, it's really not actually plausible. But <laughs> it was a fun bit where you just every time she would be like, I'm smelling burnt bacon. It must be dad must be up anyway. So that's Burt my pancakes. sweet dad. The
2: burnt pancakes.
1: Yes, burnt Mickey Mouse pancakes. Trying to make <laughs> her feel better. Burnt toast on the eyebrows of her uh, breakfast smiles. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of sweet dad. And then dad has kind of like a moment towards the end about like, oh, I'm gonna help you out if you're gonna do this thing. And they like learn to communicate better as, as parent. It's really nice.
2: I mean, he says, "Spare the mace, spoil the boyfriend." So. <laughs>
1: yeah he's got some he's got some uh uh he's got some issues he's still working through
2: i love that part so much but you're (laughs) right actually you're right now that i think having just seen twilight for the first time and you're absolutely right i hadn't really thought about it but the dad really is like a diamond in the rough in that movie he's just like just genuinely looking out for his kid and trying to connect with her over like he is
1: she's like Hey, I should probably tell you, um, my boyfriend's a vampire. I'm gonna give birth this demon baby, and he's like, you know what? Let's just not get too specific. And <laughs> yeah. then he's just like Jill, like he, he, anyway, he's delight. And then we also, I also really liked Alice, who has that uh, short wig and is like kind of a fun person to be around. And then Charlie and Alice become kind of friends, and so we always, I always imagined them having like a buddy cop movie called <laughs> Mustache and the Wig, where they are like. <laughs> i don't know solving crimes she can see the future and he can ignore emotions right in front of his face it's a great it would be a great series would watch the shit out
2: of that i really would
0: (laughs) um i really liked the friendship between um your characters and duncan because i thought that it was really cool how she like stood her ground like she wasn't prepared to like waver on her feelings just because one, she was oblivious to her best friend being in love with her. But then when it kind of all came out, she wasn't like, Oh, well I didn't know. And I love you too. Or, you know, like she just, she stood firm and was sort of like, what you got. One of the things that I wish wish I'd done a little
1: more with is I do feel like he's not great at taking no. And I wish that was, I wish I'd like dealt with that more head on. Um, Cause it was, I was just, you know, I'm playing with this trope of like uh love triangle guy that, like doesn't want to be excluded from it. Although we have to, we also have to talk about how they're not triangles, they're angles, but I'll come back to that. But like, <laughs> I do wish she'd been a little bit more like, Oh, you know what? I did say no already. We're not going to do this again. Like I, it was a little more, that's, that's just a little fix I would have added. And, and if I could do it again, which I'm sure I could, no one would stop me, but I'm not gonna.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He at first gave the impression of being a total himbo and then you find out that his hobby is like archaeology and these like yes. phallic statues. And I was like, oh, he has depth. Duncan this is has one of depth. the
1: most controversial parts of the book is that his patio is covered in ancient phallic statues. <laughs> and this is from like a writing tip I got years and years ago, which is like, if you have boring exposition, set it somewhere interesting. <laughs> so and this is like in the writing book they call like the pope in the pool principle which is from some movie where the they have some boring exposition but the pope is like swimming naked while he's having this conversation and you're just like why is there a pope in the pool anyway so the pope in the pool advice was like look she's gonna have this conversation with duncan they're gonna get some stuff out it's gonna be boring what is the worst thing that they can be also dealing with and it's her walking around kind of leaning and then being like oh gross don't want to lean on that oh that's an incan fertility statue can't be near that and i do i do understand that it's a shift in tone from other parts of the book but i stand by that scene being tolerable because of all the statues agreed, agreed. there's been a lot of comments on it so if i sound defensive yeah, people have pointed it out
0: i just love- it had big like mel brooks vibes yes. in that scene so.
1: yeah that's yes. a nice way to say it
2: Totally. And I just loved how it was like, we're a city or a town that loves birds. I'm into genealogy. He's into archeology. span My dad's into the weather. Don't fucking ask questions about it. It's normal to us. And I do
1: think, I also will think as far as realism goes, I I have not met an archeologist who has this collection of statues, but I do believe firmly that if you're a child and you say you like anything, even offhandedly, like, Oh, aren't elephants great. You get elephants in the mail for the rest of your life. (laughs) Every, Uncle who doesn't know you very well is like, oh, she collects elephants, right? And then buys you an elephant. And my mom even said the other day, like, don't you have a collection of shot glasses? Because one time when I was 15, someone gave me a shot glass. And then she's like, well, you collect these now. I'm an adult now. Do not drink. I have no shot glasses anywhere near me. I have no idea. But one time everyone's like, oh, that's your collection. So I do believe that if Duncan was trying to be an amateur archaeologist and his first ever find was phallic that other archaeologists would, as a fun joke, be like, you collect these and just keep sending him uh, replicas of things that are related to that.
2: You're absolutely Absolutely. correct. Like, some members of my family found out when I was in high school that I love Spongebob. And I do love Spongebob. I stand by it.
1: You you were right about that one, yeah.
2: All I got was Spongebob stuff from them. I'm now 37 thanks. years old, and it'll yeah. be like, I saw this Spongebob notepad, and my aunt will put it in the mail for me. And I'm
1: like, thanks. Especially with something that's that big of a property, there's just an unlimited amount of stuff <laughs> yes. with Spongebob on it.
2: Whereas, <sighs> you know, Phalax, you're like, okay, that, you know, there's a limited supply, but I will be. Like when I die, the people who are going to be going through my stuff will be like, "Wow, did she have like a bit part on that show?
0: Like, what's
1: with the (laughs) Yeah, What's with the SpongeBob flower (laughs) arrangement? How is that happening?"
0: My daughter, my daughter, yeah, the same thing happened where like she really liked Sophia the First, and uh, Mm. so your book kind of made me think of that. Yeah, yeah, I was Um, directly referencing yeah and so for years we were like look it's sophia the first and she's like mom i'm into anime now <laughs> so like it wasn't even like it just went on way too long yeah. because it was like this is fun you know and, well, it, and it's hard it to buy really people easy. gifts
1: so if you tell everyone you're it into is. something it makes it a lot easier it's the reason why like so many dads get all these like golf towels or whatever it's just it is mm-hmm. nice it's almost like a favor you're doing to them to be like look i collect elephants there you go. Do your worst. And like, yeah. well, I, I collect magnets from places I've never been. And so anywhere you go, you can find a magnet at the store and buy one that's like, says, uh, Paris magnet. And then you get it at home. Like it's, I'm helping you out. Cause you don't have yeah. to overthink what to get me.
2: Yeah. And so I, yeah, the, Duncan would have a bunch of dicks in his house because <laughs> that is what people would, that's, that's how people, especially teenagers. Like if you're a teenager or like an older kid, People are really on the struggle bus trying to figure out what to get you. Oh, yeah. Um, So I feel Mm. like he would have really, really helped him out by being like, genealogy,
0: phallics specifically. And they'd be like, (laughs) on it. (laughs) But you know what? It was still like wholesome. Everything in this book was wholesome. And it was just a nice, pleasant, very funny read. Thank you. Um, Sometimes you've spoken like a true person who read the book. I did read the book. I would listen. I wouldn't have invited you on this show if I wasn't equipped and prepared to read this book. I, I got it I, through Kindle Unlimited, sir. Yeah,
1: of course you did. <laughs> and, and and also, not a long read, to be clear. If you if people at mm. home are like, should I dedicate the time to this book? It's like three hours. You could knock this out in an afternoon. It is a light read.
2: Yes. And it's very funny. Um mm. and yeah, very well written. Which reminds me, yeah. sorry, since
1: we're talking about it, the other, the other things that I think is important, I, I, I almost skipped over this, but there is, I have never actually read a true love triangle, and I would like to, but it's not a triangle if the two boys aren't also into each other. It doesn't work if it's just two boys into one girl. That is a an angle. There's no yeah. line in between. <laughs> and I would love to see a true, a book with a true love, and I'm sure it exists, but I would love to see a true li- uh, love triangle where uh everybody's uh, on the Kinsey spectrum and is like open to both of these two people and then they're both conflicted over the other two people and you just have a nice like a little little cool bi triangle. That's what I want. Someone write that for oh, me.
0: That's called reverse harem. Uh, is it? It is. Just
1: if they're but they're also into each other. They're not there just for her.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, no that's fair. They're both no, no, like, no, no, no. they're yeah. both
1: like I want to Lisa- date one of you two and then all three of them feel that way. Mm. That's what I want.
0: Oh, in in a reverse harem like a true one, it's like the guys are into each other. They're into the lady. Um, they're all they're all just this weird polycule of love. Usually, they're a shifter, like some kind of gargoyle.
1: Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, it, well, so... right, sure. If you added a gargoyle, now it, the, <laughs> it was harder to believe. But once you added the gargoyle, like, oh, okay, I can see that.
2: You're like, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, when I was watching Twilight, all I kept thinking was like, man, does Stephanie Meyer not know that polyamory exists? Like you could have Jacob I mean, and Edward. She almost
1: certainly did not, I think.
2: <laughs> no, uh... I mean, she's obviously a virgin. It's the only thing I can take away from having watched those movies. This woman has never felt the touch of a man in her entire life. Um, and that's quite obvious. But you're right. A true love triangle is just like a, a very queer
1: situation. Yeah. And, and it's cool but but i like it still has to be trouble right i don't want it to be like a, it's there's not a tri a, a triad they have to be all still jealous of each other it has to be a problem <laughs> I mean, that's what you're looking for if you're calling it a love triangle it's like ah, oh, this is confusing and we're both into these two people and can't decide yes no well i more.
2: mean i think for that. i think that should be your next venture not that you don't have enough work on your plate but i'm just saying that yeah. here at ravage love we would support and read your love triangle if you choose to write it
1: i appreciate that we have kicked around a lot of next ventures so the story of this like the the existence of this book is that like we wrote it just for people who listen to the podcast and we like self-published it and put it out our our people liked it and then we didn't really think about it for like five six years and then i made a TikTok about it this year and all of a sudden we were an amazon bestseller that day um because the, the TikTok people really liked it and uh so it was but it was like it was an old book at that point and it had not ever been popular. And so it's been very strange for me dealing with this. Like I made this for my friends and now all of a sudden people are talking about it. And now I'm like, well, I wish I had two more books. I wish I had a series to sell or even just like a regular pitch to take to the book industry and be like, look, I have this thing. So we, we've, we've kicked around a couple of ideas. Um, one of them I, I briefly mentioned, which is like, we do a, cause you, so like, you know, how um, 50 shades of gray was originally a slash fic of the of twilight and then they like took out all the names and then they got rid of the vampire part and then made it into its own thing which i did not know when i read it that she had gotten rid of all the vampires so i the whole time i was watching 50 shades of gray i was like when is he going to admit he's a vampire this is like an hour and a half into this movie um but yeah so but they just took it and so we were like no one's going to do that because no one's going to read this book so we need to write our own erotic fan fiction of our book and then take the character's names away and turn that into its own erotica um and we have not done that because that is it's too we're bad at being gross we can do it i told you we can do it but it's not fun for me so we are actually i'll just put this out for because perhaps your listeners are the right people i was thinking we might hire someone else to write sex scenes for us (laughs) and then we would just do the connective tissue this is almost like an improv game we'd be like here are the characters names write five sex scenes they can be anything you want and we will figure out the book that goes around them (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's actually a very interesting writing challenge for everyone involved, I would imagine. Yeah,
1: it doesn't sound good, but it does sound interesting. that's <laughs> it I agree entirely.
2: Does.
1: <laughs> the other idea we had was because this was like a parody of at the time a very popular young adult novel that we would have a series of three books or four books whatever where the other books, were parodies of different young adult novels that were huge successes. So the idea would be at the end of Unwrap My Heart, the two teen, the, the mummy and the teenage girl fall in love. And instead of being like, let's drag this out for three more books of the same crap, it would be like, okay, they're in love now, but bummer, they got Hunger Games. And now the two of them have to compete in a Hunger Games together. So just mummy, teenage girl, Hunger Games. And then they win and they get out of the Hunger Games. It's like, oh, it's so amazing. I can't believe you did that. And then. Uh, the world ends and now it's a post-apocalypse and they have to like, right, just like a series of them getting trapped in different, like, or, oh, they they won the Hunger Games and the prize is they go to wizarding school and then there's just a Harry <laughs> Potter book. But there's a mummy and this girl who both survived Hunger Games and now they're in Harry Potter or whatever. Just, you could keep going forever where they just like, oh, we fell into this new young adult trope.
2: I... <laughs> I can't
1: wait. Also, no, can't also can't sounds wait. interesting, but not necessarily good. I cannot quite tell.
2: <laughs> well, that that line is really where Ravage Love sits, generally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's very on brand for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I'm 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 still on the fence about both both of these sound like more work than they probably would be worth the outcome, but very plausible still. Who knows?
2: True. Who knows? So I have one final question for you. As someone who had a podcast where you read books, like you mm-hmm. said that included a lot of romance. Mm-hmm. Um was one is there a particular book that sticks out for you or is there a genre that you were very into? Um when reading romance because Brene and I started this podcast as two people who'd never read romance before and just found stacks of old Harlequins at a thrift store and then built a podcast around it. Fun. (laughs) So we've been discovering, um, different types as we go through the thing. And I'm wondering, was there anything that you were like, I actually don't hate this.
1: This is such a great question. Um, there is, um, there's a, book that we read that i um there was a book about witches and i'm gonna remember the name of this if it kills me um that we like the whole time we were still kind of hard on it at the time and then afterwards we're like you know that was actually kind of fun i didn't hate that it had it was one of those books where it's like there's an exciting thing that happens and that exciting thing is like she goes to the library so (laughs) it's not it was like a lot of library (laughs) <laughs> um which is not the most exciting thing to have but um what was the witch book it was not discovery of witches what was the gosh darn it i don't remember i'll i'll find it um, was it spicy it was it was low spicy it was more okay. romance love than than spiciness um was do you want spicy i don't
2: i just was curious i was curious if it happened to also be spicy because sometimes they will surprise you you're like oh this the cover has a very rom-com cartoony feel and then it's just like the filthiest sex scenes and you're like oh damn (laughs) did not see that coming
1: interesting yeah no i've not uh the the spicier things are not uh usually for me that's not how i enjoy my spice is not in the in the books world um man I would wish i was hoping that I would have found this thing by the time I finished the sentence about it, and it's not <laughs> happening um all right, well, was come there, back to me.
2: were there tropes that you could not stand like were there jaws that I haven't
1: like, mentioned yet
2: yeah That <laughs> you were like could couldn't pay me to read this again
1: um well, so you know i mean i don't I don't love i don't know how to make this super funny, but you mentioned the um you mentioned the uh, sleeping beauty series mm-hmm. and I don't like the like, Hey, we're going to intentionally play with this thing. Uh, there it is. I found the book. good. Okay. Um, we're going to play with this thing that is not okay, but it'll be okay in the book. That is a lot like not super fun for me. Um, I, my brain is a little too literal. I think for this, mm-hmm. um, the book about which is that I did like was called the physics, Physic book of deliverance, Dane. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, um, oh. but it's um yeah, it's, is about is about witches um and the author she also wrote a like a titanic romance i think yeah oh that's a trope we have not
0: touched on but i bet there's a lot of it oh i
2: am
1: a a trope of the boat sinking um (laughs) yeah that's interesting i think you should definitely explore that world
2: (laughs) absolutely like that movie i mean as an as an elder millennial that movie haunted us in the yeah. late '90s, and is sort of imprinted in my brain as like I think it might have been the first like sex scene I saw in a movie. It definitely was the first sex scene I saw in a movie at the theater.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that the hand <laughs> on the frost on the phone on the the glass with the steamy that was that was pretty good.
2: It's iconic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not quite cl- quite clear on the physics of like why like her hand feels like it's turned too far around. It's almost. <laughs> Like, it's too far behind. Anyway, that's my issue. But um,
2: <laughs> the fact that she, yeah, no, now I'm going to overthink it as well. Thanks for that. You know what? If you just changed the
0: lighting, this is, though, this it to be with, like a horror movie.
1: Yeah. It's this true. is my same thing with, like, with the, the love triangles. I love just having a super small thing <laughs> that ruins things for, once you think about it. It just like once it implants. <laughs> um, I saw a TikTok today about how a lava cake shouldn't be called a lava cake. It should be called a magma cake because it's technically <laughs> in the volcano. And that is just so just beautifully pedantic and unimportant. <laughs> and every time I hear lava kick, that's all I'm going to think about. And that I love that. I love it. That's so good. Um, one thing I do also, oh, another thing I do kind of like is genre. It's not a book, but it is adjacent is I do like a weird, like Hallmark holiday movie. <gasps> I like yes. a, like, Oh, it's, Christmas ghost love story. <laughs> I like that. I like uh I can't remember what that one was called either, but it was like she's got like a um she like buys a B and B in the hills and there's a ghost who lives there, but then he's like really hot and so they fall in love and it's like adult Casper situation. <laughs> um and I like that.
2: So are you excited for Lindsay Lohan's return this holiday season? She is starring in a
1: Netflix Christmas movie. I don't know that Netflix <laughs> has the like. I don't know if they the have schmaltz. the right feel. Yeah, they they do bad in a different way. That's I, true. I, what I love is a thing where you're like that premise is so bonkers, and then it's actually pretty fun. Like that, I like a bonkers premise. I'm in like like yeah, ghost ghost love is fun. <laughs> I, in fact, I'm sure that's a genre too. Are there enough ghost romances?
2: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we okay. have read many people having sex. Are they spicy? Is there
1: like ectoplasm?
2: <laughs> Very spicy, generally.
0: <laughs> I don't usually think it's, it's a like... tame ghost one, to be honest.
1: <laughs> mm. Well, like
0: cats. It's usually like somebody somebody getting it on with like the invisible man. Mm. Like that's really the vibe, but
1: interesting. An invisible mm. man.
2: Yeah. Mm. We have really plumbed the depths of
0: the <laughs> well, <you> self-published... <laughs> you can tell I'm
1: always shopping for a new idea. So, like, <laughs> what's the monster I should be obsessed with next? I'm still leaning towards jackalopes, but an invisible man is kind of an interesting situation because it's also just a guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. I w- like, lake monster is better, but you, you, you t- there's too many already, it seems like. So I'm trying to find the one that has not been done too much. That's my... That's yeah, my I think
2: your jackalope is...
1: Yeah, no it's one's really a clutch. jackalope romance yet.
0: Yeah, no, you can really corner that market in a big way. I feel like if you if you think it exists, it does. Like we found well. a partridge Christmas romance where the person was a shifter who shifted into a partridge. Oh my like, god, I completely <laughs> fucking forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. We found like Easter bunny <sighs> things oh, of course. and like everything. I you, I found a whole series of Minotaur romances. It's
1: all right, well, I definitely Anything found a book called of, yeah. The Jackalope Jaunt by Hawk Oakley from the Fairy, fairy, mates, fairy Tale Mates, Book Nine. So, yeah. Jackalope Jaunt. Yeah. I will say this photo, it looks like a stock image of a hot cowboy and a stock image of a jackalope. They do not seem like they pose them together to take this cover photo, which I think is lazy. Well, this is the thing is a lot of these are just like, yeah, they're like the Kindle Unlimited where somebody just cranked out a bunch of these and they get a dollar each time that's totally
2: and there was also a real slew of people at some at one point who tried to be the next chuck tingle
1: yeah yeah the the tingle uh, tingleization chuck is doing great work but the tingleization i think he's he's messed up things for other people
2: yeah yeah and it's just like don't try you can't you can't do you can't do chuck so don't try but
1: this is also a shifter i'm also bored that they're all shifters don't keep them keep them a jackalope you cowards (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's that's what i've been saying for months this is
1: my problem with the mummy from uh, from ann rice is like that's still that he's just not a mummy you're just you're using (laughs) you're taking it and then you're you're ruining the title and now no one else can do a a romance called the mummy and then you're not even using okay this one's called a jackalope for christmas that's interesting that (laughs) combines two of my interests (laughs) <laughs> you are the circle of that venn diagram <laughs> i think i might be the only one this one also looks like created by an ai um this image of this hot guy in <laughs> this jackalope
2: that's my personal favorite is the amount of times that we found a book and then we found another book with the exact same cover like they clearly just were like oh right. this half naked stock photo that'll work this um, is
1: okay let me read you part of this okay this is a jackalope for christmas <laughs> Ashley is sick of following orders sick of living under the influence of his cold powerful vampire father <laughs> and sick of his sheltered coven life when a rich friend or, sorry a witch friend loans him a secluded cabin uh, he gets away from people and that's where he ends up finding the uh, jackalope so, so we do just to answer the question what else is real vampires and witches at least we already know from the beginning incredible <laughs> that's good this is good
2: well i'm glad yeah. if nothing else we have given you fodder to continue on your writing journey no
1: i think i should keep working on this i think maybe i've abandoned it too soon
2: <laughs> you're on to something else. i think, you really I think
1: jackalope for christmas i wish you, i had written jackalope I mean, for christmas that's a great <laughs> title
0: you nailed it on your first go so i feel like it, it can only continue to excel yeah when people Literally. ask me
1: about how hard writing a novel is i'm like oh, it seemed like it worked out fine you just gotta <laughs> wait a while until someone likes it but because no one will care about it at first but eventually it'll just turn out fine so um uh, writing's easy just go write a novel people will like it <laughs>
0: yeah do it i've i've been working on one since last year and i i can't like it's it's difficult it's a difficult no, it's
1: super easy you just just bang it out just don't try to make it as good that's your issue you're being held <laughs> up
0: it really is is it is yours
1: it, is yours paranormal
0: it's about a romance between a woman and skelly the 12 foot skeleton from home Depot.
1: <laughs> okay so first of all excellent idea but i hate to put pressure <laughs> on you this is only going to work if you can get it done this year I feel like I Skelly is going to be not cool next year because it's two years in a row and he's still cool this year. And I think you, your time is your time is limited. So you might.
0: The window's you, closing. You should
1: go right, no, right now. Listen,
0: <laughs> I feel like skeletons are always going to slap in the romance world. I don't think that's going anywhere. Well, I'm
1: not. Yet, um, cause you got boning as, like, right there. But the <laughs>
0: macaroni noises.
1: Yeah. OK, but skelly the 12 foot home depot skeleton romance that has to be now oh, is he a shifter or does he stay 12 I, foot tall skeleton
0: no he's um possessed
1: okay good yeah yeah but he stays a skeleton
0: yeah. oh
2: yes I love. is it. he hey. as bisexual as the folklore will tell us
0: um I'm, I'm trying to make all the characters as non-binary as possible because as we learned from our good friend wit slorp another um author um when people can see themselves in the characters it makes for a more entertaining read so i'm trying to make it you know pretty non-binary so i'm 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 hoping that either the bisexualness of it comes out or maybe you know it's a brand new form of sexuality between human and plastic skeleton man um you know i am
1: just doing a quick google here to see if the internet has agreed on the gender of skelly by now and uh the answer seems to be that no one is talking about this so you're <laughs> which is incredible my
0: time is now
1: <laughs> yeah i mean there is an etsy listing for a unisex costume for skelly which does leave leave open a lot of possibilities but yeah why are we calling him him why is skelly a him right do that. right i'm right. gonna go with day from now on
2: yeah Thank you. you're like the Babadook was made into a queer icon. I know. This is, <laughs> Why can't we do the same the for the... queer community is so rad. Tw- That's so <laughs> funny. Tw- 12-foot skeleton could be the non-binary icon that I the NB community needs.
1: Right? I mean, is there... I don't know. I'm Maybe I'm dumb, but is there like... Should we be able to tell from the bones? Is there a thing about the bones? <laughs> I don't know. Bones? I
0: think you... Yes, I do think based on like the hip bones,
1: you should be able to mm, tell. Yeah, okay. Um,
0: but I feel like in the depth of their eyes, right. it, it really distracts from whatever. You <laughs>
1: Just put a hat on them and no one will know.
0: <laughs> well, I live <laughs> across the street off this for from. Years. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I got this idea for the book is because I want, I live across the street from a school mm-hmm. and I want so desperately to buy one of these skeletons, yes. but I'm like, I don't have $450. No, and they're always so like, sold oh, out. Yeah, so it's like, if I write a book and I sell $450 worth of it, then I can go buy the skeleton, and then I can have it out year-round. Um, and all the kids could be like, oh, look, Easter Bunny skeleton. a perfect skeleton.
1: idea. I think if you write this, Home Depot should send you a free skeleton.
0: 100% Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I mean. Thank
2: you. We're here for you, Renee.
1: This is a, Thank I you mean, so yeah, much. You, you look. I know, obviously, I'm a little bit biased. You came to the person who would be most... But 100%. This is a great idea for a book. <laughs> it's a very, very good idea. I will say, maybe maybe challenge yourself instead of writing a long... Maybe make it a novella so that you can get it to the people sooner. And then if they like it, just do part two
0: mm. when it takes got, off. Oh, that's, that's really good. I got stuck on writing a whole scene about a haunted house. Um, so... Yeah. So what's I, Skelly I into to...
1: like is anyway? I don't know. How, we don't have to do this forever, but no. I'm curious. What Skelly like once possessed? What does Skelly want out of the world?
0: Um, Skelly is accidentally possessed. Okay. Yeah. It was um, so.
1: Does the possessor have the personality, or does Skelly making decisions?
0: I don't know yet. Oh, okay. I'm not okay. there.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: But Skelly is sentient. Yeah. 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 Um, obviously, because.
1: Well, you, I mean, you got to figure out Skelly's wants. This is a classic step in the novel writing process.
0: Oh, Skelly! Skelly wants revenge.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: Yeah, it's a revenge story, but still with a um, lot of
1: a spiciness.
0: Very uh, yeah. I just how do, how does a human bang a twelve foot plastic skeleton? That's well, I mean, that's that's going to be the trick.
1: I don't. That doesn't yeah. sound hard to me at all. Um, <laughs> I, you're limited only by your imagination. I feel like there's so many parts of this that would be useful already. Um well you know
0: I was I was I was kind of talking to my son about it he's 17 and oh, that um, seems he was though. he was giving me ideas and I was like I can't have you I can't give you like a writer credit on this book you're a minor <laughs> and you're my kid it's just uncomfortable <laughs> and he was like okay I was like stop set giving me these excellent ideas please save it for your own career I
1: but, think that is says just a lot of stuff about your relationship with your son that I am not prepared to explore right now
2: that's fair maybe it's because my
1: mom was dutch but i would never talk to her about how skeletons bang (laughs) and i'm an adult now
0: i was just trying to tell him about my ambitions
1: (laughs) i mean i i just i'm gonna guess the thumb is important that's all i'm gonna say everything else is up to you
2: (laughs) thank for that's a great note um you're like 10 out of 10 one note thumbs
1: Uh, it seems like the right size i'm just guessing from looking (laughs) at it i've never actually gotten to hang out with a 12 foot skeleton unfortunately but
0: well i will i will give you um a credit in my novella thank you would be much appreciated but just i just
1: want to i just want an advanced copy so i can uh i can review i'd love i'd love to blurb your book if possible (laughs) okay (laughs) definitely i love
0: this definitely well
2: thank you so much, Alex, for carving out some time to chat with us. It was such and, a pleasure. Uh, if folks want to Keep up on what you're doing and, you know, whether or not you come to Canada, other mm-hmm. stuff that you're writing, what's the best way for folks to follow you?
1: Yeah, so uh, if you if you have a platform that you enjoy, I am probably there, so uh, pick your favorite thing. Since this is a podcast, I you know, Read It and Weep is no longer about bad books, but we do still do the show. It's just about movies now and uh, mostly just me talking about what I want to talk about with my friends, so... We're playing a movie game all year, but it's really just, it's more a, game, a, mo- a podcast about friendship than it is even about movies. Um, that's called read and weep, but also, yeah, I'm on TikTok all the time. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and I'm, I'm all the places and whatever I post is going to be reposted everywhere else. So pick your favorite one and find me. And I will, uh, I, the things will come to you from there.
2: Awesome. Thank you so that. much for joining us. Thank you so Did much. You I'm Spanish. honored to have been
1: asked and I am uh very, I had a wonderful time chatting with you and I am, eagerly anticipating your debut novel.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll connect with you when I need that blur.
1: <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, the, the eyes with little screens in them. So there's so much you can do with that. Anyway, go.
0: <laughs> so much. Um, <laughs> well, on that note, Julie, will you sing us out? I absolutely
2: will. Um, as terribly as I do every single week, <clears throat> even though I want to sing Tony Braxton's <laughs> Unwrap My Heart right now, instead I will sing us out. Ravage love. Ravage love! Bye! Bye!
0: Artwork for the show was created by Karen McKnight. Very special thanks to Josh Shenfield for production assistance. You can find Josh on Instagram at Fushi That's F-U-S-H-I-G-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N- Y-A-M-I on Instagram Connect with us at Ravage Love on Instagram and Twitter or by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com